It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Sports Day for Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And for McDonald's, crispy, crunchy golden onion rings are back at Macca's and they come with tangy barbecue sauce. This is Sports Day. It's not just barbecue sauce, it's tangy barbecue sauce, which is the key when it comes to all of that with the chicken Big Mac back at Macca's. Sports Day is thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further. For Australian farmers, Adam White and Daniel Menzel with you on this Wednesday night. If you've uh, just jumped in the car or just turned on the app and wanted to know the cricket score, if you haven't been following it through the day, at Stumps, Pakistan, 6 for 194 in its first innings, still 124 runs behind Australia's first innings. Pat Cummins, the star for Australia today, 3 for 37. Pakistan at 1.1 1. 1 for 124 before losing 4 for 27 and then scrounging their way to that 194 by Stumps. Uh, play to get underway at 10 o'clock Melbourne time tomorrow, and you'll have all the action on SEN from 9 o'clock. But time now, Daniel Menzel, to talk cricket with the Melbourne Stars. I'll say star from last night, Hilton Cartwright, because he got them over the line. He didn't even know how many he needed to get in the last over, but he still got them. Hilton joins us on SEN. Hilton, thanks for your time. Evening, guys. How you going? How many did you think you needed in the last over? Oh, I've had a few people ask me this, and <laughs> I don't know what was going on in my brain at the time, but I knew it was four to win, but for some reason I, I saw they made 155 and we still needed one more. Um, and then I looked up at the scoreboard and realised that we got the four that we needed, and that's when I celebrated with um, Merle's at the other end. Yeah, I just <laughs> had a complete brain fart. <laughs> so four for 66 when you went out into the middle and, and obviously the stars have been ha- having a bit of a, a rough time of it to make 47 not out and to to see your team over the line what, what did that mean to you and, and to the team I think it meant more a lot more to the team and that was my um, my real goal going out there to bat with um, big Bo Webster was to be the two guys to stand up and um, Bo's been batting really nicely the whole summer and for him to also get a bit of reward out there as well, I think that was crucial to, to halt the, the flow and the momentum that the Sixers had um, and for us to yeah, stamp our foot down and get a nice partnership together, which I mentioned to a few people er- earlier in the week that the way that we're going to buck these collapses is to create some partnerships with different players and we were able to do that, halt the stem the, uh, the rate of their wickets and turn the tide in our favour and, um, yeah, get over the line because, yeah, the boys, def- we desperately needed it for the, in the context of our season. 
Yeah, you certainly did, Hilton. I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned with batting with Bo, the reliance on Maxwell and Stoinis, particularly in the past, must be nice for yourself to be out there for Bo Webster. He's also contributing with the ball as well as the bat. But then your Pakistani bowlers in Sam Amir and Harris Ralph last night both took three wickets. For more guys, more contributors in the team, to be able to have a real impact for the stars is really important moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I think you see the successful teams. Um, I mean, obviously, James Vint bat- batted beautifully for the Sixers last night. But a lot of the time you'll see... One guy will be a standout player, but you'll have the successful teams will have a lot of players contributing throughout the whole list. Obviously, the Scorchers have had a lot of success and so have the Sixers, and they've got guys between 1 and 11 who will either contribute with the ball or contribute with the bat. You see them dig themselves out of trouble, and even last night, the Scorchers seemed to have their backs pinned up against the wall, and their whole bowling attack seemed to contribute towards defending that total. So I think that's a really crucial part in becoming a successful side and winning a lot of games of cricket is to have guys throughout your list over the course of a game to be um, tough to be able to pick a a man of the match or a a player of your team and I think uh, we did that really nicely to have a lot of contributions through the list. Yeah, you certainly did last night. Now I want to ask you, our hot topic tonight was the Moises on Reek's catch. Did you see it and how did you react to it? (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, I was in the I was in the change rooms. I like to sit in the change rooms a bit before I bat. Um, and when I I just saw the catch and kind of didn't think anything of it. And then the replay came up when Tom Rogers was walking off, and I sort of thought like I wouldn't want to be in the third umpire's in the third umpire seat because that's a real hot topic in cricket at the moment. Um, I mean, she she made the decision on on what she saw. But I think some cricketers will see that as not out with the whole Mitchell Stark incident in the Ashes. Um, Jameson in, in New Zealand did it a couple of years ago. But I think if you're a cricketer, you see that as out because, I mean, he's caught the ball. You don't even think twice about that sort of stuff. But purely because it's got a lot of attraction in recent times around the control of your body and everything, I don't envy um, Polak being, being in her position and having to make that decision because... She's, whether she called it out or not out, she's going to have scrutiny either way. Yeah, it's it's a good point you make. There's been a couple of incidents in your last couple of games and I wanted to ask you who was more frustrated on replay. Was it Rogers with last night or potentially Sam Harper when he found out the other night that it wasn't taken upstairs? He was given out stumped and it looked like maybe he had made his crease. Oh, gee, that's a tough one because <laughs> at the time, it's actually quite funny because I was in the change room when Hearts came in when Hartsby came in and he was actually so upset at himself because he thought he grounded his bat outside of the crease oh, no. line. Oh, no. So he was disappointed himself. He thought he'd made this huge blunder and then he found out about two minutes later that he actually had grounded his bat. And I think the combination of those things made him so frustrated, both at himself and at the situation. He didn't really know what to be frustrated anymore and how he had a bit of a laugh. <laughs> like, how's cricket, how does cricket end up like this? So... I, think, I thought that was really good by half to see the um, the light heart in that situation because sometimes when you're on a losing streak, you can start emphasising and, and playing the victim role. But I thought we did really well last night and I thought Digger held himself really well afterwards and he, he didn't uh, put that onto the rest of the team and he walked off. He's obviously disappointed with it being given out, but he walked out back out into the dugout almost immediately and started supporting his teammates, which which I think... If things aren't going your way, it's a very hard thing to do. 
um, and he showed a lot of courage and leadership to go out there and support everyone else to, to not drag everyone down with him. Hilton, one from left field a little bit. We were just speaking to one of your Western Australian teammates, Josh Inglis, uh, earlier in the show, and we were talking about the culture of not only the Perth Scorchers but WA cricket, which you're obviously uh, such an integral part of. When With the Stars, when you are only together for six to eight weeks, how do you develop a culture there? You've been there a few years think, now. Yeah, yeah, I think culture is a very difficult thing. I'd always say borderline impossible to um, create as much as you represent WA. I mean, I'm there for nine and a half months a year, so I, I don't think you can compare them in that sense. But I think what, especially what Peter Moores has done this year, he's created a... Um, I guess, an allocation of leadership and what guys are trying to do for each other. And I think that's really important. It might not be seen as, as culture in the context of creating um, a certain environment, but I think the way that Pete's gone about it in um, making guys be accountable, making guys understand their roles, understanding each other's um, strengths and weaknesses and being present when we're at cricket and trying to make each other better as quickly as possible think he's done a really good job in in that space and I mean some guys might call that culture and I think that's just the way of of Pete's coaching technique and I think it's been really effective the guys have gelled really nicely um so yeah like like I said you can argue that it's a bit of culture but I think what he's brought to the team is just a bit of um bit of atmos really bit of bit of team atmosphere and creating a, a a way of playing for each other and um, playing for for the whole team rather than guys going out there individually, as I guess has been seen in the past, and trying to be the one man show. But I think he's created a nice environment around guys are playing for each other and and trying to buck that trend of these losing streaks and um, get on the right side of those results. Yeah, that's an interesting insight. So, do you see it is an advantage for Perth that they have so many WA players in that team? So, as you said, you're part of WA for eight and a half, nine months a year that that can carry on through the Scorchers, whereas you, you've got some really good players that are playing really well for their respective states. You were talking before about Bo Webster. He's having a, a career season. You've been playing well for WA, and then you've got guys from all over the place, New South Wales, everywhere. They all play for the Stars. It, it, is that a disadvantage, or it's just it's just different? I think it's just different, Like I mean, you can, you can speak about it to the cows come on, I reckon. You can say it's an advantage to have a similar list to what you have with the Scorchers and what you have with Western Australia. But I think each different state presents their different challenges. They're obviously very isolated where they are and they keep a very consistent list and they've had some very consistent results. I mean, you can argue that it is very beneficial, but I think a lot of work goes on behind closed doors, even behind what the players see to bring the best out in those players. And I think people who are involved in that have got to do a lot of credit. I mean, you see the Sydney Sixers, they have a, a very different list. They've obviously got Cricket New South Wales and their squad almost gets split amongst Sydney Thunder and Sydney Sixers and they've had similar success, not so much in the trophy cabinet, but they're making a lot of finals and grand finals. So I think you can you can um, slice the pie a few different ways and I reckon um, they're doing a very similar thing. So, I mean, I think a lot of credit's more so got to go to the coaching staff and the way that things are run and... Um, recruitment and things like that because that's how you evolve with the game and, and keep up on, on top of the ladders and um, keep producing winning results. Now, Hilton, a quick turnaround. You take on Hobart at Blundstone Arena tomorrow night. With a win there, with the way the season has gone, 
it will actually catapult you into the top four, which is rather remarkable. <laughs> three losses to start the season. So it must feel like after the win last night, you're just starting to really get things going and potentially be in the top four by the end of tomorrow night. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and start thinking, you know, if we win, we end up in certain positions. But um, there's definitely goals of ours with this road trip to keep seeing the light, keep seeing the positive attitude that we're trying to bring to each game and trust that um, those results are going to eventuate. I think you can get very, I know I certainly do, you can get caught up in worrying about what's going to happen in the future if we win here, if we lose there. I think we're just really focused on um, keeping things in our control over the next 24 hours. And if we do our, our skills right, if we do the basics really well, we'll have a positive result. And if we end up being fourth by the end of tomorrow evening, that's great. But if we don't, then we know we'll have to work on it. I think that's a really clear mindset that um, the whole squad's got. Going down to play at uh, at Bell Reeve or Blundstone Arena, there's it's a good batting pitch most of the time, at least for, uh, for T20 cricket, not so much for, for Shield cricket. Does that does that change the way you approach a game, knowing that you've you've got a chance to as a batter to to really have a, a big day, or is each game approached the same way tactically? For me personally, I, I approach each game almost identically. I mean, obviously, if you know you're coming up on a on a pitch that's renowned a one thirty one forty winning score, you're going to adapt accordingly. And I think yep. I've played games in, in Blunderston Arena where we've defended 140 and we've also chased down 190. So I think with that scope of things, you've always got to go in with an open mindset that it could be either one of those wickets. Um, but like you say, majority of the time it's a it's a 180 plus wicket. So you've got to be you've got to have your intent to score quite early and and start the conditions really quickly because if you take two to three overs to do that, that can literally be the the difference in the game, the difference in chasing. 180 as opposed to setting 160. So I think the the adaptation and the readjustment of knowing whether it's a good cricket wicket or not can determine whether you have a positive result or not tomorrow night. Now, Hilton, before we let you go, watching the Pakistan series right now must bring back fond memories of when you wore the baggy green back in 2017 on against the Pakistan. Yeah, it's a bit of a throwback. I actually thought about that. <laughs> Um, the other day, thinking about because like, we were obviously in Sydney um, the other day, and I was driving past the SCG, thinking about. It. I was like, "Gee, that's a bit of a throwback for me." It does bring back some some fond memories. Bring that brings back a few dark times in between now and then as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's obviously every time I do walk out into the SCG, it brings back those memories of um, obviously receiving my bag of green and, and batting for Australia. Um, I think my game's in a much different place now, so it's hard to hard to compare where I'm at now in in relation to that period of my life. But it certainly does bring back those positive vibes. Hilton, it's always great to talk cricket with you. You always give some really great insights into what it what it's like to be a professional cricketer. We appreciate your time tonight, and uh, good luck when you tackle Hobart. And as uh, Dan said, who knows, you might be in the in the four this time tomorrow night. Yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Great Hilton work, Cartwright Hilton. Uh, joining us there.